and we are featuring the amazing, fantastic health psychology expert, Dr. Gretchen Kubaki. Gretchen? Yes, thank you so much. I'm happy to be here with you guys. Yeah, so we know that right now there are a lot of people who are feeling a little bit overwhelmed and unsure about whether, you know, whether life and business is really going to be doable um, right now in this moment. And so we wanted to um, have some time to really engage with people and talk to real life people that are out there in private practice in the real world and talk about their experiences what is helping, what is not helping, some advice that you have for other people. So do you want to start by introducing your, your practice, your um, niche, and your mm -hmm. give people your URL? Sure. Um, so it's drgretchenkubaki.com, and you're probably going to have to look somewhere to see that. It's K-U-B-A-C-K-Y. But um, I have a couple of areas of specialization. I'm a health psychologist, and that means I work with people who have chronic and terminal illness, mostly chronic illness at this point. And I'm also a certified bereavement facilitator for children and adults. So I've written two books on these topics, both of which are on Amazon right now. And the grief work is actually coming up a lot, even more mm. than the chronic illness issues right now. Um, What's been helpful, and I know you'll ask me some questions, but I'll just kind of launch into it. I, because I'm a health psychologist and I work with people who have very severe chronic illnesses and often multiple chronic illnesses, I had already moved quite a lot of my practice online intermittently. So if people mm -hmm. were not feeling well or going through treatment or just didn't have energy or taking medication that they felt made them unsafe to drive, we had already had some practice going mm. online, which was really helpful. I had also in the week or so before we actually went on lockdown, told every single one of my clients that there was a possibility that this was coming. And if so, we were going to be going online for, for the practice for the, for the duration. And I have had the telehealth consent in my regular comprehensive set of intake forms for years now. Um, I also was able to reassure them that I've been doing telehealth for mm -hmm. over a decade at this point, which I think was very helpful because there's definitely some people who are suspicious about this whole telehealth thing and <laughs> it's the Wild West and all of that. Mm -hmm. But when they heard that I've been doing it for that long and, and that there are safeguards in place and all of that, there was more security about it. I did, as I was telling you before we went live, unfortunately find myself in the role of tech consultant and advisor to some of my clients. Ah, <laughs> that, <laughs> that has probably been the single most stressful part of it because I'm like, you don't know who you're talking to, do you? <laughs> well, and I wanna, I wanna mention that, right? Like you've been doing telehealth for 10 years. Yeah. You've done this with your work, but are you a techie person? Are you someone who's like, telehealth is my favorite thing in the world and I just love sitting in my PJs? Telehealth is great. It's fine. It's wonderful. The tech side of stuff is what causes me to go into tearful meltdowns and scream at everyone within earshot. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just lose it. I really do. Yeah. Um, you've known me long enough to know that I will often crowdsource my tech information on Facebook. <laughs> yep. Sorry to be laughing at myself, but you have to at this point. Yeah. Um, 
So what happened was that actually about 80, 85% of my people came with me with relative ease. They just sort of followed me. I had primed the pump and they went along. A handful of them who were not solid clients yet did mm -hmm. drop out. Mm -hmm. And I think it was just because the relationship had not been adequately cemented in the space of one, two or three sessions. Mm -hmm. um, the, and I had a few who were like, oh, this is just going to be a week or two. I'll, I'll wait until I can come back in the office. And then when it got more real, they said, oh, okay, fine. Um, mm -hmm. What's been helpful also is the fact that the American Psychological Association, because I'm a psychologist, uh, has been giving us a lot of information about the changes in platforms and that we are now allowed to switch over to things like FaceTime if we need to. Mm -hmm. And so that has been helpful because where I've found tech problems happening, like um, a client's spouse is working at home and needs all of the internet all of the time during mm -hmm. the day, then we can switch over to FaceTime for this particular mm -hmm. session. So it's been educational. It's been helpful. I think some of the things that are getting freed up a little bit right now are good and they're setting a good precedent for the industry mm -hmm. in general, uh, because once that cat is out of the bag, it's hard to shove her back in. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that that's one thing where people will see, you know, that psychology is capable of changing. We've always been a little lagging in terms of the technological stuff in particular. Mm -hmm. And it is something where I think that overall this is going to end up being good for us. I am hearing a lot from people who have different types of practices than I do that is stressful and distressing. You know, people who don't have access to internet or whose clients don't have Wi-Fi or even a device to do therapy on. And so mm -hmm. that that's still complicated and concerning. And I don't have the answers for that because mm -hmm. of our situation. But I will say that I'm old enough at this point, you know, my I graduated into a recession in 1987. I got licensed five minutes before we had the 2008 recession. <laughs> um, yeah. And at that time, like in 2008, you know, I had built up this nice little practice. And then all of a sudden overnight, I literally had one client and mm. it was really painful. And then the reality though, is that I have managed in the time since to build up a practice that is, um, it's all cash pay and it's very solid. And it's one that is helpful. It's changing, it's emerging, it's growing. I shift as I need to. So for example, I started with an infertility niche over a decade ago and quickly found that that wasn't one that was very lucrative mm -hmm. and that I had other issues that were coming up. So I morphed into PCOS and health psychology and mm -hmm. on and on and on. So I think keeping an eye out for the opportunities, but it's hard to do that when your immediate state is fear. And what I've really seen is that the last couple of weeks have been the panic, freak out, oh no, this is all falling apart. I don't know how to do this. And mm -hmm. then as people are learning and, and practicing, mm -hmm. they're discovering, oh, I can do this. So we are capable of so much more than, than we realize. Our clients mm -hmm. are capable of so much more than we realize. Mm -hmm. And I, I truly believe that for 90% for of people, like, yes, we need to create access for, the, for that 10% that do not have access. But right. if we are so focused on, oh, well, I guess I just don't have a practice until, you know, that we can go outside and meet people face to face. Mm -hmm. I think we're 
creating a dynamic where people who really need support and could actually access it can't get it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think that's really important. Now, you mentioned the idea of like having a solid business. Tell me about mm-hmm. the steps that you've taken to make sure that your business plan and your marketing plan are really solid and that they create this security even in the midst of a big transition. Yeah, I'm a relational psychologist as kind of my primary theoretical orientation. And so for me, it's been mostly relational marketing. I also happen to be very good at writing and public speaking. So certainly having published a couple of books has been helpful in terms of getting people to find me. I had a huge surge in new clients in January and February, probably not coincidentally because my book on grief came out on December 10th. Mm-hmm. And with that, no, you. I'm not saying you have to run out and write a book right now. <laughs> it's not going to be good if you slam it out in two weeks in a pandemic. Um, but you should do what you're comfortable with. So if you do what you naturally gravitate towards, which for me is developing relationships, writing stuff, doing interviews like this, um, doing public speaking where I wasn't getting paid back in the day. Those are the things that over time develop relationships and people's awareness of you. So I get a lot of my referrals from other psychologists who over Mm -hmm. time have come to see that I am the expert on health psychology and on grief therapy. Mm -hmm. And I think that that is really helpful. And I think we've gotten to the point where people are past saying, oh, if I if I niche down very specifically, I'm going to lose out on a whole bunch of other clients. But I do find that it's really true that you will continue to get other clients in your practice. So it's not going to be boring all day with just talking to one type of patient. Mm-hmm. I think in terms of building a solid business, like one of the things I did learn in business school, because I'm an OG business schooler. Uh, <laughs> She's talking about business school boot camp, by the way, <laughs> not just like general business school. She went through business no. school. Boot camp. I was in the first first round of it. Yeah. Um, one of the things that was really helpful was learning about uh, kind of releasing some of the fear around the financial issues. Mm-hmm. I did a lot of stuff that is very funny sounding, but I actually would rehearse looking at myself in a mirror, just saying, my fee is blank, until I stopped having the panic feelings rising up mm-hmm. in me when I said that number. And Mm -hmm. over time, I've definitely, um, I've stayed cognizant of that. And I've also really taken to heart the idea that if I am feeling drained and stressed and my time is spread too thin because I'm taking clients who pay next to nothing, that I am not doing my best work and for sure I'm not taking the best care of myself. Everything I do as a health psychologist, a lot of it is behaviorally related, but it's all about how do you improve your health your mental health, so we're taking care of your physical health, your spiritual health, your financial health, mm-hmm. the relational health, all of those things. So those are all the things that I really live and breathe and practice. And mm-hmm. I've continued to say, you know, I could manage in a slightly different way. At some mm-hmm. point, it's going to make sense perhaps to go entirely online because I have chronic health issues too. Mm-hmm. And so I, I view this now also as an opportunity. It's a golden opportunity, actually. 
to practice doing something that a lot of us talk about, which is we say we want more freedom, more flexibility, the ability to travel, the ability to make money from wherever we are, whether it's coaching or psychotherapy. Mm -hmm. And this, as rough as it is, is a really good time to try it out and see how do you actually feel about it. Mm -hmm. Do you really like it? Do you love it? And I think there's enough time that, that sounds terrible to say, like it's kind of being thrust upon people, but mm. if you think about, Kelly and I were talking about, you know, your first week of practicum or your first week of internship or your first week of private practice, it's real rough. Like exactly. It's always <laughs> rough. So if you just try it for a week, you're gonna go like, this is rough, I don't like it. But the fact that we do have this extended period of time for you to like get into the rhythm and have it become a new normal and to make adjustments and tweaks. And it's normal to have feelings come up, to have feelings of grief and anger and panic mm -hmm. and like just pissed off that like, how dare people be telling me? And, and But I think it's also important to move through that process into a place of like agency and realizing that you have control and then mm -hmm. there are things you can do to shift and to feel better through the process. So if you notice that your chair at home, you are in more pain afterwards, look at the way that you're holding yourself. Sit on an exercise ball like I am, you know, <laughs> and try not to bounce for the video, you know, these kinds of little details that you come up with. And 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 realize that there's room to shift and change. It's really, really powerful. Yeah. And that I think is is something that's a great comparison because. Remember when you first had your very first client and you spent three hours reading the 12 pages of intake paper and then it took you like an hour to write a note and now you can write a note in five minutes or at least yeah. I hope you can um, <laughs> or less. <laughs> um, you know, these things do become integrated skills and learning how to deal with this. I was just talking about the chair situation yesterday because I have a pretty chair but it's not really an ergonomic office chair. It's totally fine if I randomly do a session or two from home, not so fine if I don't. I already had the screen, you know, that you see behind mm -hmm. me because I knew I was doing telehealth and I've been doing it for a while. Those things are helpful. And I think also like some of the glitches people are more patient with. I will say that I don't have an electronic medical record system. Mm. And this is highlighting for me where that would be really nice. I did go to the office and pull some pieces of paper from files and scan in forms and that sort of thing. But it's probably something where I need to do something like at least shift note taking to the G Suite or or something like that. So that is one deficit I've found because juggling paper just doesn't work unless you actually have a proper filing cabinet system, which I don't have for this at home. Mm -hmm. um, but again, that you know, it the first week was terrible. I was sitting there at the end of the day writing notes, which is not me at all. I'm the one who always mm -hmm. has them done between sessions. And, you know, I was patient with myself and I just said, okay, fine. This is just going to take extra time because I can't even find a pen right now. <laughs> you know? right? Like, I'm not set up with my office, everything but where it's supposed to be. I am so glad I tidied up this office situation a couple of weeks before this all went down. Um, but stuff like that, I think we'll figure out. So I'm looking at, you know, maybe I'm just going to digitize my forms right now and turn them into some sort of fillable form. Mm -hmm. That'll suffice for the moment. Maybe I'll improve upon that. I don't feel like I have a lot of extra time to be researching electronic medical record systems or doing free trials and learning more software at this moment. 
I'm fine with that. Mm-hmm. I did lose one client who had scheduled and just couldn't cope with having forms sent to her, printing them out, getting mm. them back to me. I think she'll probably come back when she figures out that this telehealth thing isn't going away and that she can't come into the office initially. Mm-hmm. Um, so things like that, I think also just say, you know what, some people are going to fall away. On the plus side, you know, I've had a couple of clients whose spring break plans were canceled and they're stressed out and they said, hey, can I have my slot next week? And I was like, I was holding it for you. <laughs> right? Yeah. And that may be something too, um, we're really suggesting um, therapists just reach out and check in on even close clients and not in an ambulance chasing sort of way, just in a like a legitimate care like Mm -hmm. a legitimate care and concern that like, hey, a lot of people are in a panic. I just want to check on you. How are you doing? Are Mm -hmm. you okay? I'm here for you if you need it. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, And and definitely. Yeah. And I've, I've offered to be a little bit more available to people. So I have people who say, oh, I'm fine. I'm fine. But are you going to be around this weekend? I say, I'm not going anywhere. (laughs) And and you shouldn't be either. So yes, you know, that's not my usual way necessarily. But if we need to add a session on on Fridays, and I only work Monday through Thursday, I'm going to do that right now, because it helps the client and it helps me. It keeps Mm -hmm. the overall numbers in business, because this is a business that we have to be mindful Mm -hmm. of. It keeps things looking a lot better for us. So even though I had a couple people flake out this week, those two added in sessions, it's balanced, it's okay. Um, And I think that's important is is to remember that as we all learn new things and, you know, people have sort of gotten over the panic of running out of toilet paper and carrots and whatever else they couldn't find. And we're learning how much time we need to allocate for getting things done, like going to the grocery store or how much, how many hours it's going to take, you know, helping kids with homework, that kind of stuff. People will settle back into routines. And I'm already hearing about more people who are seeking therapy because they're feeling really stressed out. So I think that it's something where the opportunity is there for us collectively and individually to really benefit from this situation, as well as to provide a lot of benefit. It's a powerful thing when we have governors and, you know, elected officials saying, go get therapy, Mm -hmm. stay home and go get therapy. We know that this is stressful. Go get therapy. This is a good thing. This is a normalized piece that there that the government is saying, look, we want to make it as easy for you as possible to go into therapy, that there are some programs coming out where, at least in California, they're developing a health core And part of what's included in that is therapists that they are saying, hey, come on in. We want to make sure that people can get therapy. So as a nation, there is more support and less stigma for this work Mm -hmm. than ever before. And the internal fear that I think a lot of therapists are experiencing that people when they're in that shutdown mode, the sooner that you can move through it, experience it, process it in the way that you need to, and then move into creating a plan that really works. <sighs> People want, need you, they want you. Yeah. And one thing about that that I want to say is that, 
you've got to also honor your own process. I'm a person who has multiple chronic health issues, thus the niche. Um, but I had a week long hospitalization about 10 years ago that was completely terrifying. I had gotten infected in my hand and there was a threat that I was going to lose my right finger, hand, arm, or life. And yeah, I have like medical PTSD from that. And I've been through all of the, you know, every modality, the SE and the VA protocol and the trauma resiliency method and all of that stuff. And I still, in this situation, it came up so loud and so strong and so intensely for me. Really the entire first week or 10 days, probably, I was doing what I needed to do. But at the same time, absolutely, like not quite paralyzed, but really, really painfully, awkwardly fearful and just angry and frustrated and confused. Mm-hmm. And I was sitting there going, who are all these people that are like, now's a great time to create your best selling program. (laughs) (laughs) And if this wasn't being saved and telecast, you know what finger would be raised right now, right? Um, I was just like, you know what? Would it be your number one? Yeah, that was not it. That is not the finger. Um, (laughs) But yeah, I was like, okay, that's really great for you, but that is just not where I'm at. And I know a lot of of other therapists are dealing with chronic health issues as well and have family members that are dealing with these sorts of things. And so to take a little bit more time, it's yes, we are called upon to be of service right now. We have a lot of knowledge and abilities that we can use to help soothe people, help people be more contained and more Mm -hmm. hopeful and all of that. And still taking care of yourself and allowing yourself to do this on your own time. Like I'm good this week. That's why I'm here. You know, I might not have signed up to do this two weeks ago. Well, and I think that's another piece too, um, in terms of for, for some people, and this is going to be an uncomfortable thing, but like having a reduced schedule right now, is like really okay. I know it's scary financially. And Mm -hmm. often it's because people's businesses are set up to be week to week and paycheck to paycheck, and there's not any savings, there's nothing for vacation, there's nothing for sick time. That, this is just highlighting and bringing to surface right. the things about your business that were not set up to give you the room to go, mm-hmm. wow, I suddenly have three kids at home, and I have to transition to a thing, and I have health anxiety, and like, I, I really need to be down at 50% just this week, <laughs> because exactly. I just need to lay in bed for a day and cry, like, it's okay. You know, mm-hmm. I spent an entire Saturday, like Kelly and I have been out there like writing and speaking and doing all this stuff. But like at the same time, Saturday, like I didn't get out of bed basically. Like <laughs> I just needed to like be in that space. And then Sunday I kind of like went back into my space of not going anywhere exciting, but at least like worked out <laughs> in my house and did some other things. So like really honor that piece and realize that you're learning some things about yourself mm-hmm. and your business or some things come to the surface. And there may be things that you earmark and go, you know what, here are the things exactly. I'm getting right now. Mm-hmm. And here are the things I need to figure out longer term. This exactly. Is, these are things I need to change in six months or nine months. I, I need to have an account that I know is my vacation and sick time account that, that mm-hmm. that's just there. Like, and that's a normal piece. That's something that when you are an employee, your employer takes care of earmarking all that stuff for you. And it's not 
provided in this moment. Like you have to provide that as a business owner. And I think that place of really understanding how impactful it is to know that you're taken care of by your business, mm -hmm. um, it really eases you for the clinical work that you're going to be providing. But it does take some time. And that is why therapists need a little business school. <laughs> you know, that's why we're still doing that, even in the midst of all this, where we could say like, oh, we're not even going to talk about boot camp because like, who has time for that? There's a lot of people who are like, I, this is actually exactly the time for it. You know, exactly. Like yeah. And, th and that sort of thing, like earmarking some funds for sick leave is great because a lot of times we just don't feel entitled to take sick leave. But I think one big lesson from this is, you know, when people, we really need to have strong policies with our clients also about not coming in when they're sick, not only because they might infect us, but because then we become vectors and infect other people. And okay. if that is not driven home at this moment, I don't know when it ever will be, but I know I'm going to be a lot more fierce about it in the future. Yeah. I think it's, it's so powerful. I, I, I don't know how many people I saw first kind of couple weeks that were saying, I just had someone leave the session and they were sick the entire session. And it was this place of like, oh my gosh, like we, we don't have the words. We haven't created the scripts. We haven't created right. the boundaries. Like mm -hmm. we, it's part of the blog that we put out was literally like a script for here's what you say when someone walks into your, into your session and they have a fever or they are coughing or sneezing. Like, here's what you need to do mm -hmm. in particular here's what to say, because we were not prepared for that. We were not prepared because our therapists and our supervisors often didn't have those boundaries. So we've kind of like passed along these um, poor, poor boundaries. Um, exactly. Generation after generation, I mean, it feels normal. Yeah, no, I, I was definitely taught that unless you are literally bleeding and dying, you show up and do the session. And that a cold, you're there, your clients better be there. That was that was the model. Absolutely. Yeah. And that was it. No one cared. It was, you know, the show must go on. But clearly, that is not good for anybody's health or business nowadays. So we got to change, shift or die. We, and it's good. And it's good to change. I just want to thank you so much for being here, Gretchen. Like, you are a delight as always. Um, I put the um, information there for those of you listening on podcasts. It'll be in the show notes at zinnyme.com forward slash podcast. You can get to her website and also check out her books. Um, I put the link there on Amazon as well. What, you. Do you have any lasting bits of advice um, for uh, anyone who's listening and who is fearful um, about being in business right now? I would say to, like I said, take a little bit of time to slow down and think. A lot of people really jumped into telehealth in a panic without thinking it through. It's okay to slow down, take some days off. Like I've found I have one or two clients maybe on Wednesdays and that's really nice right now. And, you know, really take care of your own health and that means your mental health too. I'm advocating getting outside and getting a little bit of sunlight first thing in the day because that really helps regulate your sleep cycles too. So really practice what we preach. You know, I know I'm coming from a health angle on all of that stuff, but super basic stuff. And it will definitely help you be better regulated yourself and, you know, practice your meditation and do all of those things. Fantastic. And because I have you on here, I'll ask you just your quick two seconds about you joined bootcamp. You're one of the OG people who joined it. 
before it was cool. And you were someone who joined it. I know before anybody knew what the heck it was. Like it was sort of like we're gonna do this thing, and you joined it as someone who was already private pay that was already successful. Yeah. What did you get out of the experience as a successful therapist joining business school boot camp? I got a bunch of new friends and colleagues out of it who I call upon periodically and meet up with and things like that. I also got some really good uh, scripts for initial phone calls and kind of an orientation around the money where looking at it as there, it is not shameful to get paid for this. This is a profession that we trained hard and longed for and we have a lot of mental health hazards of our own, taking in everybody else's stuff. We cannot work at this 40 or 50 hours a week in direct client contact. So how do we structure that and be really firm and consistent about it? Because it's a sort for our business. The client who can only afford to pay $50 a session is not my client. And that is okay. Like that was something that was really driven home for me. I stopped feeling elitist and exclusionary and said, you know what, I can't do it. I can't make a living and take on all of those clients. Mm -hmm. And it's a it's a hard, it's a hard transition, but really powerful. Mm -hmm. And what has that done for you physically and emotionally to really see your business as a business and create that dynamic of something that's sustainable? You know, since I've met you, you've been pushing for me to go down to 12 sessions a week, <laughs> which I haven't done. However, I am better. I'm, I'm okay, actually, like during the holidays when a lot of people are gone. I took two weeks off at the holidays this last year and the year before, which I never used to do. Because I know that the way my business cycles, I always end up with a bunch of people rushing in December 1st and then another big rush in January. Mm -hmm. I've been doing this long enough to, to have faith in that process. Mm -hmm. um, and I think also that it's something where I do feel like I have a lot of resources and people to go back to. Like I've intended to do repeats of business school boot camp. I've never gotten around to it. But I also know that I can always turn to that community for help. And so for me, that's that's something that's been really valuable. And I think also just in terms of the grounding and the business orientation, because I am a business person long before I'm a, a psychologist, it's necessary, it's helpful, it does sustain us. And I feel calmer, you know, mm -hmm. I don't have problems sleeping. Um, mm -hmm. I know that I have money in a business savings account. I know that I can put money into my retirement account. Mm -hmm. If I needed to take two weeks or even a month off to be sick, I could do that. Mm -hmm. And that's really powerful. And mm -hmm. it, it is something very soothing. Right. <sighs> thank you. Thank you again. Check out Dr. Dr. Gretchen Kubaki. <laughs> I said it 17 times a day. I'm like, what's your name? I don't know what your name is, Gretchen. <laughs> Whatever. Dot <laughs> uh, com. And uh, check her out. Yeah, you, time, if, you, if you can't remember how to spell my last name, go to PCOSWellness.com and you'll find me all over the place. <laughs> there we go. Awesome, guys. <laughs> Good talking to you, Miranda. You too.